Hello, and welcome to the Drywall Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. With us today, Josh Martin out of Alabama with Martin's Construction, Drywall, and Painting. Super great guy. Josh is a ambassador for Tape Tech Tools. He's third generation drywaller, and man, we go all over the board. We talk about wood paneling, we talk about uh, trim techs, we talk about the industry, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so we do a lot of painting too uh, when we ain't busy doing drywall and we found that a lot of the cleaning products that people use will get on there stick to the surface and cause the product not to uh, adhere to the paneling itself so we would go in with like oh interesting because they're using aggressive cleaners on the wood paneling or stains right that's um, and a lot of times varnish, uh, the older varnish, it won't bond to it. Um, yeah. So, uh, we, so you'll go in with like an old base primer. Uh, usually we use like a, I, I don't know if it's okay to drop names of different products on Yeah, here. yeah, absolutely. Um, oil kills. So we use like the odorless oil kills, but it needs to be oil based. We've had issues with the latex not bonding in the past. So. I was impressed with Josh's depth of knowledge about the industry and going over different substrates. The Drywall Podcast is brought to you by Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you'd like information about Fresco Harmony, you can contact us at info at frescoharmony.com. But for now... Josh Martin, episode 18 on the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. Welcome to my world. We've got Josh Martin. <laughs> what is your uh, What is your company name? Uh, Martin's Construction Drywall and Painting LLC. It's a It's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. We're from, we're from Alabama, South Alabama. I'm allergic to the cold. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. It's probably warm over there still right now, huh? It was. This morning it was 59. I had to put a long sleeve shirt on. Well, down <laughs> here, we don't really get a, a, you know, four seasons. We get, it's is it summertime or it's wintertime. It's, it's, we're right here on the Gulf and it, you don't really get a whole lot of change. You know, it's either hot or cold. Nice. And now your company, how many people do you have working with you? Um, I have one full-time employee and, uh, then I got another guy that, you know, he works part-time when he stays out of trouble, I guess. He's, he's a good yeah. guy. He just can't stay out of trouble. Yeah. There's probably a few of those in the, in the, uh, in the drywall trade, uh, myself included. Well, I mean, those are the best ones. Those, those guys will show up and kill it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you got a couple of dudes and yourself and that's it. That's it. That's three it. three guys. And do you do one job at a time or do you jump around? Um, I try to carry at least two jobs. That way if the mud's wet or some issue, I can, you know, switch over to another job and keep things going. Um, there you go. There you go. That's smart. I I I learned in the past if you overload yourself, you it's headaches, you know. So I try not to get over one or two jobs going. Smart. How long have you been run? How long have you been in business? Um. Well, I'm third generation, so I kind of took it from my father. Um, yep. So I I've been finishing since I was 16. I mean, I made a bad decision, dropped out of school. My dad told me he was like, "Hey, come work for me for a week." And I worked with him for a week and come home with a pocket full of money. I said, "The heck with high school." Yeah. And yeah. Uh, why do I, why do why do you say that's a bad decision? Well, um, I, I guess that I could have went on to school and got a job in the air conditioning, but I mean, as far as money-wise, you can't beat what we make out here. I mean, I'm not getting rich, but I make a good living in the construction industry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't a bad decision. Well, I, 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 I might have to take that back. It wasn't a bad decision, <laughs> but... <laughs> um, do you have your uh, GED? I did. I went back and got my GED later on. 
Paul. Yeah. Took a few courses and I, I stayed so busy with construction. I mean, I just poured everything into this and run with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh do you have kids, Josh? Oh my goodness. I have three kids and then my wife, she has three kids. So we have six together, uh five still in the house and we got a our finally got one out of the house, so to speak. <laughs> the Brady Bunch. Oh my goodness. It's a handful. That's a lot. What are the age what are the ages of the kids? Oh, uh, so we start at two and we go up to thirteen. <laughs> uh, like dominoes. How many boys? How many girls? All girls, one boy. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, it, well, the dog. He was uh, he he was a male, but he passed away a few years uh, ago. So me, me and the boy now. <laughs> you got to get another. You got to get another male dog. There's too much estrogen in that house, man. It is. It is. You, uh, movie night. Me and him. We just suffer through movie night. Right. It's just a uh, rom coms and uh, the Kardashians or something like that. It's a mixture of things. The younger ones with the girl cartoons and all, and yeah, it's just a mess. Yeah, you got you got dolls and pink and frill all over that house. I bet. It is. It is, and. It's like a rainbow all the time. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got different color rooms. It's just a mess. Nice. Um, and so, so to give our listeners a little background, I was, I was sort of intrigued by Josh because you reached out and you messaged me and you were very appreciative for the podcast. Um, so you've listened to, and you said you've listened to all the podcasts and more than once. I have I've, I've listened to all of them and then a few, a couple of times. And uh, I mean, it's just something that drywall finishers can relate to. I mean, yeah. where I'm at, there's not a whole lot of drywall finishers and to be able to connect with, you know, on that level and understand what other people are going through, similar to what you're going through, you know, it's, 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 it's something else. My daddy, he's 72. He's been doing it his whole life. He's never listened to a podcast before, but now he's listening. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting. That's know? crazy. Did you listen to the Buck Buchanan uh, podcast? I did. I said I did. I, I believe I listened to it twice, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh yeah. The author. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, he. I, I found that very interesting. His his sort of background and that book is pretty. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's about stucco, but it's amazing how how the stucco industry relates to drywall and plaster. It's very cool. Well, my grandfather, he was in, I haven't uh, jumped back. I haven't had the opportunity to read the book yet, but um, it relates to us. You know, we, we started out with stuff and then, you know, over time drywall come in and we transitioned over to that. And my dad, he really didn't like stucco. It was to him, it was a lot more work than drywall. And yeah. I mean, we started off with Hawk and trial, um, my daddy, he still tells me stories about the first time he brought a pan and a knife in and. My granddad, he looked at it, you know, and he turned around, he threw it out the window as far as he could. And uh, I asked my dad, I said, you going to go out there and get that? And he said, no, I didn't go out there and get that. I knew better. So, I mean, it's it's it, it's a lifelong thing, you know, as we've well, seen that, it through. That's a testament to the, the resistance to change in the industry, you know, um, you know the, uh, that that resistance to the pan and knife is very interesting. There's some old school guys. I do both. Um, you know, I can do both. Uh, if I'm finishing drywall, I use a pan and knife. But if I'm doing the fresco harmony stuff, I use a hawk and trowel. Well, I messed around with it. I brought the hawk and trowel out and tried the fresco harmony, just trying to get something together where I can make some samples. You know. Um, yeah. And it brings back good old days. It's, it's been a while. We've been on the pan and knife so long that, you know, it's 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 nice to pick up the hawk and trowel. It's, it is. You got and that's cool that you have a little bit of background with a hawk and trowel, because ultimately I think it's faster. I mean, doing if you're spreading or skimming walls, I think the hawk and trowel is really efficient. 
I think so too. I mean, oh, it, it it's a better coverage for me. I mean, I can work better with it. I, it's just every finisher is different. They use a pan and knife or uh, hawk a trial differently. But to me, the the hawk is a, a, a I'm I'm quicker with it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. And do you use the tools? There's the big tool debate. Like the box tool, the bazooka. Um, I, I do. I, I'm completely tape tech. Uh, every tool they make, I just about have all of the tape tech products. Uh, um, uh, for the last few years, that's about all we run. We do a lot of... Uh, we do a lot of residential, uh, but a lot of it in the last few years is hit it and get it and go, you know, and those tools really get the job done. Um, yeah. Um, here recently, we've really been getting into some, uh, you know, million dollar homes where they want the finish perfect. So, I mean, break out the pan and knife, do a good finish. Uh, so a lot of it requires hand finishing that will take yeah. it to that next level, you know. Do you run the, do you, do you run the skimming blades when you have to finish it out super tight and clean? I do. We just uh, skimmed some walls on some paneling uh, that we, you know, broke those knives out and used them. I, I like them myself. Uh, there's it's a situation where they're called for, and then you know you don't you don't always have to have them, but it's nice to break them out and use them when you got them. So, yeah, um, Dave Clark up in uh, I went and visited him in Napa Valley. They did a um, twenty five million dollar. A home in Napa Valley, just insane. And they did the whole thing in Fresco Harmony. So I was like, I got to go up there and check, check that out and see what he's up to. <laughs> up and I just wanted to see the house anyways, but uh, he was using the skimming blade. He was doing a patch and I was just sort of shadowing him for a day. And uh, he was using the skimming blade. And I was just blown away by, you know, how you can like, you can pull out a, big patch and not and not even have to leave a lap line i just thought that was super cool that i never really used the skimming blades because it, they kind of came after i honest like i haven't finished like like drywall finished for i moved to albuquerque 17 years ago and i've just done fresco harmony ever since <laughs> like i only I mean, do color <laughs> <laughs> putting your heart into it you know so yeah. I, I can understand that you know um the skimming blades for us like on a level five i mean that's where your money's at uh, just it, it it saves you time on it i, I really like them for myself i mean different guys different tools you know um tell me about this uh and we'll we'll, we'll go back in time here in a bit but uh tell me about the wood paneling cover you just did. Now, I thought I was the only one that did wood paneling covers with joint compound. And I've caught some flack from drywallers like that's going to fall off. That doesn't work. And I have had issues. Don't get me wrong. I've done it a lot, like maybe 15 times. And I've had a couple of jobs where that mud wants to de-lamb off of the surface, uh, largely due to... um the finish that's on the sort of that old seventies, like they have oil based stains or something like that. Uh, the one situation I, the, it peeled off the wall. I, we taped all the seams, bedded them, then did fresco harmony. And the whole entire thing came back down. Like it, they got big cracks and I was like, damn it. And so I went back, we scraped all of the mud off of the surfaces I redid the whole thing. We primed it and then I redid the fresco harmony and it came off again. Oh, and then wow. <laughs> like this one time. So, I mean, the amount of money I made versus this one time doesn't matter, right. but like, but like, uh, then we had to hang quarter inch sheetrock after that. I was like, no, we're just, we're just going to hang it. And, um, you know, the, the, the homeowners were pretty cool about it. Uh, we covered their popcorn ceiling too, but that was the only time that I've had, uh, I've had it fail. So tell me a little bit about your experience. I read that you used primer and oil-based primer 
why the oil-based primer, and then walk me through like your technique for covering and also what was the substrate? Was it actual wood paneling or was it tongue and groove? What was it? Okay, well, I want to say, first of all, it, it's a lot of this was passed on to me by my father, generations passed down. So, I mean, it's not something that I come up with, so I'm not trying to take credit for that. And okay. I'm fortunate to have that have those people, you know, hand that knowledge to me. So my father went in years ago uh, to a house. They didn't really have a big budget. Uh, so we, we he went in, he had the same issues where it started peeling loose off the wall. Um, so we do a lot of painting too uh, when we ain't busy doing drywall. And we found that a lot of the cleaning products that people use will get on there, stick to the surface and cause the product not to adhere to the paneling itself so we would go in with like oh interesting because they're using aggressive cleaners on the wood paneling or stains right that's um, and a lot of times varnish uh the older varnish it won't bond to it um, yeah so, uh, so you'll go in with like an old base primer uh usually we use like a i, I don't know if it's okay to drop names of different products on yeah here. yeah absolutely um, oil kills. So we use like the odorless oil kills, but it needs to be oil based. We've had issues with the latex not bonding in the past. So weird. Uh, now people uh, would think that the mud doesn't adhere to the oil based paint, but that's not true. Muddle, no. muddle, muddle, marry to oil based paint. Um, but why do you think you need the oil based paint? Uh, um, so the oil based paint, where the cleaning products, the latex wouldn't bond to it and the, uh, you know, different surfaces they've used, you know, pledge and all different kinds of products to clean yeah. the paneling over the years. So latex wouldn't bond to it. It would, it would what we call cat eye. So it would draw up off the wall, so to speak. Um, so my, mine just cracked and it just fell off. It just flaked off. You could take your 10 inch knife and just scrape it all off. Right back off, start all over again. It, it, it was the worst thing. Yeah. But to, well, to my credit, to my credit, we redid that those walls three times until it was right. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing about quality work. It, it, you stay with it until it's done and the homeowner or the, you know, the builder's happy with it. So, yeah. But this is interesting. So you use a Zinser, uh, no, Kilts, oil-based primer. Well, the Zinser will work too. Now I have used that too. So um, once we prime it in, we let it dry, we give it a good, you know, overnight, 24 hours. So we know our product's bonded to the wall or we don't have any issue. We'll come in, tape it, embed it just like it's uh, sheetrock. We'll go around and make sure that if it's paneling, a lot of times they got nails hanging out or it might be loose here or there where the stud has popped loose over time. Yep. Uh, once we secure it to the wall, we tape it, embed it, you know, skim it out with paneling you tend to get a wave in the wall so we'll go and basically take it to a level five skim it out and uh, okay you know sand it back off or i've had that texture on it we'll go i have a video where i did a uh i did it's like almost like tongue and groove like heavy heavy paneling but it's like tongue and groove you know but it's still panels and right. that wall kind of has a wave to it. I mean, I've float I floated it once with Quickset, then I floated it twice with Fresco Harmony Color and Sealer. It still has a wave to it. I mean, but what so and people would say, well, why don't you just hang sheetrock over it? Well, you're saving the time on material cost. You're saving the time um taking off of the trim. So people don't consider you have to take the trim off and then reapply the trim. You have to move all of your outlets out. It's a pain to, I mean, unless you take the 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 um, the board off, the, the paneling off, but you still have to take and redo the trim in that scenario. So just skimming over the wood paneling is just like lightning fast. And now with Fresco uh -huh. Harmony in your holster, you take them a sample and be like, hey, for, you know, instead of, uh, you know, three dollars a square foot for five dollars a square foot you can have this and we don't have to paint well um and absolutely i mean i think fresco harmony would take it up a notch and and you're not stuck with the same 
finish that your neighbor has and their neighbor has. It's something that when they come in, sit down at the dinner table, uh, sit down in the living room and visit, and they're like, wow, what is this? Who did this? What product yeah. is it? You know? I yeah, said, it'll so. blow it'll blow your clients away. I mean, they're blown away. I mean, you get you get clients that bitch just like anything, you know, the and clients that are picky, you know, is it gonna look like that? You have to do like management of expectations, which is a part right. of it. But I would say 80% of my clients are more than satisfied. Like they love it, you know, especially when you're getting rid of the texture. Um well in drywall, you have to stay up with new products. I mean, it, it changes. I mean, in, over the years that I've been in it, oh, there's you had uh, popcorn. Now they're going with the orange peel texture. And here they have three different types of texture. They have a light, a medium, and a heavy orange peel texture. And okay. you have the knockdown. I mean, different varieties of it. And at Fresco Harmony, I believe, is going to be the next step in that finished wall. I mean, it, 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 it's a good product. It, it's, it's, I guess, cutting edge on the drywall. Uh, it's the only color system on the market right now for joint compound. I mean, that you know, I mean, the way I look at it is like, well, you've got plaster or you've got texture and paint. I mean... Texture and paint, like, okay, you can do a hand texture. That's boring. You can do a, a orange peel. That's still kind of boring, even maybe more ugly. Um, and then you can do $10 a square foot high-end plaster, which is really time-consuming and, and hard. So I, I feel like Fresco Harmony is sort of just a, a different option to normal boring walls, you know. Well, I like that you can just mix it in. It's a color pack. You can mix it in. And also, uh, I watched one of your YouTube videos. I watched a couple of them studying up on it because I, yep. I want to be knowledgeable if I'm going to pass it on to my builders and, you know, oh, yeah. my homeowner. So, I mean, it's something that's simple. It's You can color match it. I think that is a big game changer as far as that goes. I mean, you yep. get all these people wanting these specific colors. Well, um, you can... Like you said in your video, you can send it out there, you can color match it, and it'll come yeah. right back like what they want, you know. And that, to me, um, when you're selling something to somebody, yeah, it gives them options. And in our business, you have to give them options. You have to go out and say, this is, you know, what I'm offering. And yep, I think it sells itself. Yeah. Um, and just to touch on that a little bit, um, we'll do pretty much any Benjamin Moore or Sherwin Williams color. Uh, it's a hundred bucks. You get a color pack with your order and, and a sample, a small sample of the board. So when you get that color pack, that match in the mail, you can look at it and you can see that I'm matching the swatch to the actual color of mud. And you can show that to the client. And I mean, I try to steer people towards the color chart just because of the simplicity. Like I'm always pushing, let's keep it simple. We don't have to do anything fancy. Let's just, you know, a lot of people think about plaster and they want to do really grandiose or very bright, a lot of movement, shiny and the reality that I've experienced over the last 18 years is less is more when it comes to specialty wall finish because you're right. presenting the furniture. Uh, Fresco Harmony has a very chill. It's very warm and it's very subtle. And I think I like that personally. I think that, I think that that's kind of a cool aspect of it. Uh, well, you want something that's going to complement the room, not draw all the attention to it, take away from the rest of the room, but, you know, make it a, uh, a decent wall. Uh, I like that you have the, the varieties of colors. Um, so you on your color chart. I mean, I didn't count it up, but it's, it's quite a few colors there. So, I mean, you have a good start. I, I mean, I do get clients that are picky on their colors. They want it to match yeah. with this and that, but I mean, there's, there's a lot to go off of there. Yeah, the job in Napa Valley, he we did four custom colors. The clients wanted to look at four colors. I mean, we've got some white, you know, that was uh, uh, DC2, Dave Clark II. Uh, we came up with a white color that's his color. But uh, um, 
there's also when you order a custom color that lives on the custom color section so you can order it in finite there's a custom color part of the website so a lot of people don't know too you're not just limited to the 40 colors on the color chart there's also a custom color section on the website where you can order any of the custom colors that we've already made i think there's over 30 oh okay well so, that's, that's good knowledge there yeah uh, there's a sure. lot of whites there's a lot of grays you know like all kinds of stuff so um have you uh have you gone over wallpaper um haven't had we um over the years hadn't had real good success with it the the mud the moisture in the mud tends to want to break the glue down behind the wallpaper and then it wants to bubble up um that's always been an issue for us you know um for us we'll come in uh let me make a wallpaper tool remover we'll you know basically score the wallpaper up will actually and a lot of people spread spray water on it excuse me and uh it they it's a scraping process to remove it off the wall we'll actually take a knife and do a thin skim coat over the wallpaper and it'll start causing the mud and yep. the moisture and the glue to react and it'll basically you just scrape it right kind of like a popcorn ceiling with yep. water you know um, little tricks you learn in the trade doing it years and years and years so now I'm, i uh, i was gonna ask if you've gone over uh popcorn if you've uh i mean a lot of people scrape we go over it a lot here like it painted not painted like i don't care um but part of my philosophy on that is that going over the the popcorn I don't have the mess. I don't have to deal with the asbestos. If it has asbestos, it doesn't matter because we're going over it. And um, I mean, then we do Fresco Harmony over that. So we're doing a further two coats over that. Um, have you gone over it? Um, we have. It's been painted. Um, we've had the same issues in the past where you wet it with the mud and it, it causes it to break back down and start falling off the ceiling. Yeah. Now, if it's been painted, yes, we'll we'll skim right over it and keep going. So, okay, it's it's, it's something that you know another trick you learn. Uh, if it's been painted, it's sealed in. It doesn't suck the moisture out of the mud and transfer into the you know the popcorn. Interesting. Um, his clients it's want that popcorn. <laughs> yeah we do high-end work i ain't gonna lie so we'll go in if we got to scrape it everything in there is covered up we tape it up it's like a quarantine room um i'm a lot of the work i get is because of the prep that goes into my work before i even start working so um i i'd prefer not to scrape it it's it's as much work to you know keep it clean in there as soon as we get it scraped we take it all down we get rid of that and we cover it back up. Just, you know, um, I think in business, that's what, I mean, it's not just your work. It's how you do your work. That's, that's a key thing out there that a lot of these guys is coming in, don't want a piece of plastic over the couch and not really covering the floor up and it's, it's, it kills them, so to speak. And, and it just take that extra step, buy that $13 roll of plastic, cover everything up. Yeah. It's going to get you word of mouth business that it, it's going to return, you know. Great tip. Great tip. Now, so you are third generation. Your grandfather, is he still alive? No, he passed away. Um, I was born, but I wasn't old enough to remember him. And uh, I've... I've, I've carried on his work, so to speak, you know. Sure, sure. He passed it along to your father, and your father passed it along to you. Work ethic and uh, uh, pride in your work and stuff like that. So we originally, he, he started in Houston, Texas. That was where he was based out of. Um, he did drywall, some painting, very little painting, and hardwood floors. And we've refinished hardwood floors and I don't know, my dad was about, I'd say 14, 15 years old, and they moved from Texas down here to Alabama. So my grandmother had family down here. And he come here, and he did a little bit more painting at that time, just trying to, you know, build up a, a clientele, get some builders and all, and then went into getting more and more drywall work. Now, we've, we've always done hardwood floors it's just that's where the construction part of martin's construction drywall and painting 
Um, so we don't just do one thing, you know. Very cool. And uh, so why did he steer in the direction of drywall versus uh, beefing up the hardwood floor restoration? Maybe more, maybe there's more drywall? Um, at that time, uh, when he got back here, there wasn't but one other finisher in this area that was, you know, finishing. And he had two sons. And when you have kids, you've got a whole crew, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, they transitioned over to drywall. And I tell you, for, shoot, 40 years, he helped the market around here. Uh, if there was a job to do, he was he was the man. And uh he got to the point where he was just bringing material out on the job. My father took it over. Him and his brother started, you know, finishing for him. And uh, he actually, in the end, cancer got him. And, uh, you know, my brother, or I'm sorry, my dad's brother, they didn't quite get along enough to stay working together. So they kind of split apart but still finished. And eventually uh, my uncle, he... Uh, he got out of the drywall and, and it just left my dad. And then we come along, uh, myself, my brother, and my sister, and boom, my dad had a drywall crew. So uh, the earliest memory in life I can remember my mom dragging me out of the before car seats, dragging me out of the back seat of the car, throwing me up on her hip and taking me in on a drywall job. And he's walking around on stilts, and I'm like, that is what I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. And, uh, so um i've worked with him ever since you know it's, it's yep it's in my blood so when i cough drywall dust comes out <laughs> yeah you and your sister did a little bit of drywall she did she uh nice she worked with us for years she got pretty good at it and <laughs> she ended up getting pregnant and getting married and kind of got out of it you know she's yeah. she still painted for a while with us um so he carried on the tradition of painting and refinishing hardwood floors and everything so she was really good at painting um some people haven't some people don't so yeah that was more her end of it yep um that's awesome. Do you follow some of the girls on the social media that are, that are do, doing the job? Yeah, they're pretty I'm good. Yes, they are. And and that's something that my dad, he was always big on, you know, women, they, they can finish drywall just like men. Yeah. Uh, we had different women, you know, through the years that, hey, there's a woman that she worked with us for a while. She would run a bazooka better than anybody I've ever met, which I'm sure she's retired now, but um, yeah. I, Miss Click, we called her Miss Click. She run out bazooka. It didn't sound like it was clicking. It was just one click. She, you know, she'd run it till it, it was. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I was talking with somebody. I love run. I I miss running the uh, bazooka. There's aspects about drywall that I do miss. Um, the fresco harmony keeps me on my toes quite a bit, but uh, running the bazooka, man, was my favorite. <laughs> Um, I don't mind it so much. I mean, I like tools. It's, it's, it yeah. speeds things up, but, you know, um, I still you, like that pan. Enough. What do you think about these hand finishers that are super against using the tools? They just like to hand finish. Well, um, in drywall to each is their own, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. if, that's, if that's your thing, you know, do it. I mean, I, I'm supportive drywall. I, if you're in this, I know what you're going through. Um, it's 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 not an easy job i mean i love it so if you want to finish by hand do it do your thing and uh i just see benefits where the tools speed things up and make it a little easier you know yeah. you got guys using banjos and you got guys using bazookas um i never liked a banjo it was it was messy and uh i just it wasn't my thing so it, it's to each their own yeah. And I think a lot of that in those drywall groups on Facebook, um, they jump on there and they attack each other. Hey, this guy might not know um that might be why he's in here asking, or he did he was he didn't have my father like I had teaching him this is right. how you do it. Um and I just that bashing each other is not gonna get this whole industry needs to come together. I mean, not just support each other but i mean price wise um there's so much people gouging here and there for work and all you know it's just it's bad 
Yeah, uh, I mean, my take on it is we need to we need to collectively raise the bar. What we do is specialty. Uh, we get beat up in the trade a lot, and you know, um, it's up to each and every one of us to ramp up that uh, that minimum, you know, of what we're getting. And it, and a lot of it's self confidence. Um, you know, yeah, I can go and do a patch, and three hundred bucks is it sounds like a lot of money you know, for a, for a, a four hour patch, but, um, you, you have to value your time and your knowledge. And it took, it took you, you know, if it took you five years to learn to do that patch in three hours, well, that's valuable. And maybe, maybe you bump it from 300 to 500 minimum, you know? Um, and just, be like that. Be like I. A lady called um, me about a plaster patch, and I just I was like, it's five hundred minimum. And she was like, it's like a three inch patch. The other guy she called could, didn't even show up. But I'm like, patch plaster patches are a nightmare, anyways. And I don't care if it takes me twenty minutes. It's five hundred bucks. Like, and I can't guarantee you're gonna like it. And just and be very uh, forthright you know, about, uh, you know, what, what, what you're doing. And right. again, managing expectations is, is a big part of it. Well, a lot of these guys, um, I don't know myself, I carry liability. Uh, we have insured all my trucks or, uh, you know, commercial insurance. So, I mean, I'm not out here trying to get rich. I'm just trying to get paid for my skill and cover mm-hmm. my expenses. So, I mean, if this is what it costs, this is what it costs. I mean, yeah, I can't crank the truck up and leave the yard unless I'm covering my cost. And that's and right. I'm not trying to gouge nobody. I just want to be fair with myself and them, you know, that's right. And I mean, you got to take into consideration like, okay, if I'm doing a patch, I have to bid it. Like I'm paying somebody to do it, you know, like, so right. I don't get the whatever 200 bucks, you know, the hourly rate that my guy's making, I don't get that money. You know, you can't look at it like that. You got to look at it. Your labor is part of the equation. And a right. lot of, a lot of drywall guys don't look at it that way. You know, like well, you've got to was... get paid for labor and then the business also has to make money. Right. I mean, if the business is not making money, you're not going to keep going. You have to put some of that money back to carry your business on. A lot of this, a lot of these guys, while they're not making it, I mean, they have skill, but they're not putting it back into their business. Um, That's why I have the tools that I have. It, it, um, my father always taught me invest in your tools as an investment in yourself, but you're only going to go up, you know? Yeah. And these guys get them some tools, get them a pickup truck and they're out there cashing their check and they're broke on Monday and, and they're not really making it. They're just getting by. And I think that, you know, that's something again, that I was taught that I'm fortunate to have somebody that has taught that to me, you know, and there are several groups on Facebook that uh, I think it's the drywall mentors to where you can go in and ask for honest advice and they don't really attack you on there. They come in and try to help you. I think that need more of that out there and, and it would help the industry. I mean, we have to start somewhere. It's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not alone. I mean, most of the people that I interview here, another aspect of the drywall podcast, it's pretty cool. It's hard to be a dick on here. Uh <laughs> because <laughs> you're staring at the guy you're talking to and i right. think there's something to be said there though like you know it's too easy to go onto a group somebody's trying to do something cool or new or different and to be like that doesn't work without even trying it i mean that's why i think the the covering up the wood paneling is an interesting conversation I've gotten a lot of flack about it and covered I've covered wallpaper 30 times. I've had a couple of them bubble, but 80% success rate, I would say, or 85, you know, um, and it just is what it is. And people think I'm crazy, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't think you could go over brick, you know, and until I did it and people will tell me like that it cracks and I'll be like, well, have you ever gone over it? We've probably done 30 to 40 brick fireplaces where I'm covering brick painted, not painted. It doesn't matter. Quick settle, like bury that stuff. 
Well, um, I've seen it. I really like your fireplaces. I, I, I like what you're doing with that. That's something that I hope in the future to incorporate into my skill set. That's and as far as the paneling goes, oh my goodness, I really don't tell people that I do it anymore because they're like, well, "You are crazy." Here locally, we've probably done. I would. I wouldn't be scared to say seventy or eighty houses over you know a fifteen year period here, and I have never went back in and had to fix it. Never. I've never, never. Back. Okay, um, so you you heard it here on the drywall podcast. You can cover wood paneling, but you got to use the oil based primer. That is a, that is a pro tip. Well, um, it's trial and error stuff you learn along the way, you know. Yep. So you were telling me that uh, you are um, Tape Tech reached out to you. That's super cool. So you use Tape Tech tools a couple of questions why tape tech i mean you've used the tools for a long time have you used any other tools um okay well i'll give you a little background on that um my father he worked out of atlanta for a while and you that was back when you could only rent the tools you couldn't actually buy them okay and they some i i, I want to say in 82 if i'm not mistaken he uh he purchased his first set and you couldn't even buy them over here on the East coast. We actually had to order them out of California and wait, you know, a month for them to get here. And those were Ames. uh, Was that Ames tool? Yes. Those were Ames to start with. Okay. And uh, what, what year are we talking about? We were around 82, if I'm not mistaken, that was our first set. Okay. Um, So we've had three sets of tools over the years, you know, just upgrading and yeah. that I've always been taught repair yourself. So, I mean, we yeah. would order the parts in and fix all of our own stuff. And then when it got so wore out, then we would get another tool, you know, I yeah. mean, whether that's boxes, bazookas, just whatever, you know. Yep. And uh, so I have used other tools. Um, and I mean, I'm not putting anybody's tools down on the market, but for me, the quality of the tool and the life of the tool is tape tape. Um, I know a lot of guys is going to disagree with me on that because, I mean, sure. I'm not trying to throw a bunch of names out there, but I hear a lot of good things about Columbia's tools. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of guys running that. Um, yep. But for me, I, I'm a tape tech guy all the way. And okay. As far as uh, the whole ambassador thing, I, I had some guys, that, younger guys, a uh, guy out of uh, British Columbia up there. Uh, I think he's like 27 years old. Uh, another guy up in West Virginia that I talked to through Messenger on Facebook. And, they, you know, a lot of times they get to ask me what tools you run, why, how to fix this and all. And the boxes come up. And I went online or went on, made a video at work discussing one of the boxes. It, it was purchased in 82. Um, we upgraded the wheels, uh, blades, you know, just regular maintenance on it. And it's still, it's, it's right in the next room over here. Um, so, I mean, it's still in operation. And uh, I don't know exactly what I said. I wasn't, I wasn't a salesman for Tape Tech or whatever. I wasn't promoting it. And I guess... Tape Tech seen that video and they reached out to me and uh, asked me if they would be, if I would be interested in, you know, becoming an ambassador. And it's kind of went from there. Interesting. And so what does that entail being an ambassador? Um, so, they throw, are well, they going to throw you some tools? Oh yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they done throw me uh, two sets of pans and knives to try uh, stainless steel and blue steel, a uh, 12 inch okay. pan. Oh, uh, they have, have some you, more stuff. Have you used? I think I saw the barrage of uh, Tape Tech tools you posted, and you were like, "Hey, man, I get to try these tools." What do you think? Uh, out of the gate, you liking it? I do. Um, so, first thing that stood out to me is the pan. After carrying that pan of mud around all day, it's not this heavy pan. Um, and I've used quite a few different. Uh, pans brand names and for me it was a good solid weld at first when i picked it up it was light i thought well you know let me let me use it and then i used it it was it was a good solid pan good solid weld and it didn't it didn't weigh as much as the pan the mud that was in it so to speak so for me that was a a big thing uh and i like the flex and the knives um for me 
I like it on the lower end of the knife to where I can move it on, on the wall a little better. Every guy's different how they use a the knife, but for me, it just, I like them um, overall. That's, yeah. And I'm a blue steel person. Uh, yep. I'm I'm not a big stainless steel person, but I have been using the knives a little bit. And it, it in the past, I've used stainless steel, other brands, and those seem to work a little better for me. So I don't know if they've just upgraded or better technology, you know, or more research that they put into it. So, okay. and there again, every guy's different. So, yeah. I mean. Oh yeah. Um, um, I, I was a blue steel, a uh, knife user. Um, and even blue steel with the, uh, trowels, my pool trowels I use and until the see until I started selling the sealer that we sell tends to rust the um, knives very quickly and right. um, stainless just works better. I think with a pool trowel, the shank keeps, cause you don't have very much metal keeps the, keeps it from waving. Whereas a knife will tend to wave uh, with stainless more so than blue steel. You got a nice curve on that blue steel. And if you, you know, wash your tools and dry them off, they're fine. You know, oh. <laughs> a lot of guys they just rinse it off in the bucket of water, throw it in a box, and go. You know, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah my uh, my guy Jack, he's uh, yeah, he's. I I took a photo of the. He's got a bucket scoop, a level five bucket scoop, and it's got one of those big old white nobules on the end of it. You know, where the muds build up over time. I can't I I can't get him to keep his stuff clean, but he does good work. So I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, I can't either. I'm like, scrape the bucket. I like a clean mixing area. I like my tools cleaned and dried off. Not perfect. They're not like perfect by any means, but they're clean. When I get done with the job, I clean them. Try to. Uh, you know, if it's a quick patch, sometimes I'll throw them in the truck. But, uh, you know, all that, all those little details, I think, translate to the wall and how you... Yep how you approach uh, the, the wall with the mud. Well, they're the key thing. They're the, they're are what's making the money for you. I mean, it's a key component in the finished product. So yes, sir. Yep. And I see these six inch knives breaking all the time. I could get my six inch. I've had my six inch. I'm not on the wall as much anymore. Jack gets to have all the fun and I'm doing this kind of weird stuff, but like, uh, uh, I've probably had it for 16 years. And if you clean that little, you know, you don't want to, the, like the journeyman taught me early on, if you clean, if you don't clean that little section where the handle meets the metal, that is, yep. and you every picture you see of a six inch that's broken is right there on that spot. And um, yep. so I get in there and dry it off real good and make sure that's clean. I've had my six inch for... Yeah, I mean it's over. It came from Colorado, so it's over seventeen years old. You know, well, I think it's your tools and tools will take <laughs> care of you. you know? Yeah, um, I think it's a I craftsman. Oh, oh, you know, I take it. I, I, like I said, I spray it with oil. I make sure that it's ready to go when I pull it back out of the box the next day. So yeah, I can relate. I never spray. I never use the oil. I knew lots of guys that carried the WD forty and they sprayed them off. Um, I I never did that. What's what's the purpose of spraying off the tools with WD? Um, I use bazooka oil. It's made by uh, Tape Tech, and oh, for yeah. me, it, it drives the water off the knife, so to speak. And I try to get it anywhere that water might seep up in the handle and cause rust issues too. So okay, I mean, it's something that was passed on to me. So it's 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 in, it's instilled in me so to speak yeah yeah um yeah learning in the union they were very picky about cleanliness they had time to go slow and you know people think they're time farmers and stuff and some of them were but i, I learned the best like tricks and technique in the union that in that was up in uh, the northwest that I, I've learned anywhere you, you in track house finishing, which I've done too. Uh, you learn to go fast and be sloppy, 
but you got, you yeah. know, you're working peace and you got to get out of there. You know, you ain't taking yeah, time, yeah, like yeah, cut, yeah. you're not cutting out blisters and shit. Like everybody, you know, it's like, okay, that's all fine and dandy. But if I'm getting paid square footage and I can blow over this seam and butt and it looks good, I'm not going to be messing with all that. I mean, you know, if it's a substantial yeah, blister <laughs> and you it do, is, uh... but you, you guys do track, you guys do some of that, right? That blow and go. Uh, we do. Um, I, I try not to get into it too much. Uh, it, it doesn't, they don't want to pay the, and I'm not trying to sound bad here, but it's not as much money in it as it is uh, working with a builder, so to speak. Um, I, for, since I've done this in 92, I've built up quite a few builders. And for the most part, I stay busy with them. The job I'm on right now is a builder that I've been with for years now. Um, I got one builder I've been with for nine years. So they tend to pay you a little better. Um, yeah. They know the quality of work. Um, I just left a house, uh, 375 board house. Um, we were discussing another guy. We were done with it. So, I mean, it wasn't no issue with him giving it to nobody or nothing. But we were talking at the end of the job about another finisher. And uh, I told him, I said, well, he's probably cheaper than us. And he said, well, I'm sure he is cheaper than you, but I don't think I'm going to get the quality of work out of him. And right. I know where you're at when I need something, you know. So um, that blow and go, it does make quick money. It's a good turnover. But in the end, it's, it's that could play out. And these builders are going to be there. They're going to be looking for you when their project's ready. You know. Yeah, those custom be, builders will they'll they'll survive through a through a downturn in the economy. A name in the community. Yeah. For those track homes, uh, they kind of in and out, so to speak. And and the builder, he's you know eating at the restaurant with you. And I mean, he's somebody in the community, so he's he's going to stay busy. So. That's true. We have a, uh, I have a builder right now. Um, he's got a drywall guy. I think he pays him like hourly kind of on the cheap side. Um, he's done a little fresco, but he's doing whole houses and he's building houses in Santa Fe. And I've met, I've met the drywall guy, talked to him about fresco harmony, but they don't really, they're not excited about it. Like if you were here, dude, I got, he wants to do 16 houses in Santa Fe, six, but the hang finished Fresco Harmony. And like, wow. so I called Elite Drywall. Here is a very good drywall company and they have that reputation. Like you're talking about, he's got his guys and they have a reputation. He's more expensive, but like the builders will pay it. They want the quality. And, um, I, I called him and I was like, dude, you know, he just finished a job. I'm going to post a video of it. They did the whole thing in the sanded fresco harmony. He sprayed the base coat out and uh, they blew over it with uh, the second coat sanded. And it's a little different technique. You smooth it out and then uh, they did a little bit of sanding and then they did the sealer. And I mean, it looks gorgeous. It just looks extraordinary. And the builder's a custom home builder, a parade of homes winner you know, this 4,000 square foot home. And I, I, I'm going to tell the builder, I'm going to be like, dude, you know, and I told the drywall guy, I was like, you know, if you come up with a good margin and you do the 16 homes, you know, and, you know, maybe get, if, if they sign a contract for 16 homes, give them a little break on it, you know, right. uh, a, a little break, that's, you could just crush it. I mean, you're going to double your profit margin on every home. I mean, well, and it gives you a long-term work too. I mean, that, that builds your reputation. They know the quality and all, and, and the money's there. So, I mean, yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Um. So for you, uh, with those reputable builders that you have, I would make a sample and go show them a sample, and then let them pick a color, spend the fifty bucks or whatever on a on a color pack and some sealer, and go do a free wall you know, and that's, you know, and just get to practice on it. And if they don't like it, you can texture over it and paint it. No big deal. Um, right. But th I think that that is a good strategy and they'll, well, they'll let you do it. Oh, I think so. Um, you've got some of these builders that are trying to stay up with newer trends as well. You know I mean? Yeah. It's not just in a drywall. It's, it's, it's the builders, it's the architects. So, I mean, um, 
like you said, go do a wall. And, and even if it's out of pocket, just do a sample wall for somebody. I think that's going to sell and it's going to show. Um, I post a lot of my work. I try to share it out. I, I get a lot of work from, you know, doing that. And I believe that that is going to take off. It's just um, getting it open, getting it out down here. I think that's the, yeah. right now, everybody's big on level five, level four, level five. And, and, um, I'll be glad when that's trend's gone. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it's not one of my favorite. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about something. New <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, how come, why, what, why do you, what's the biggest issue that you have with doing level five? Uh, it, it's another step in the process. Um, so to speak, um, back to the track homes and all. I mean, you go in, most of those were a uh, texture you go in, you finish on this texture and you're, you're done. You know, uh, the level four, it's a little bit more sanding. Uh, and then level five, it's, it's, it's a little bit more time, a little bit more money. And I'm, I'm for me, I'm not just the employee, um, not the boss. I'm, I'm all of these. I'm the secretary. So I have to look at cost and all too. So it, it and a level five brings the cost up. And, and if you're in the business and you're buying the mud and putting it on the wall, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, um, and you got those picky, 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 picky builders and homeowners that's going to come in and take a roll of blue tape and put a hundred stickers all over the wall, fix this, fix that. And so I don't want that. So I take it to the extra step. I break the lights out. I make sure that when I roll away from the job, my product is my it's it's perfect, as perfect as I can get it. And uh, so it just ties up a lot more time, a lot more material for me on my end. So I would Makes be glad sense. to see something like Fresco Harmony come on the market. That uh, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal this from you. Imperfect smooth. So yeah, um, that. It, 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 and I don't say that in a bad way because it, it gives character to the wall of plain old boring flat surface. I mean, yeah. some people like it, but I mean, in this industry, I think it's, it's it would be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and less sanding. Why does it have to be perfectly smooth? You know, I can skim a wall twice with mud and get it pretty darn flat. Right. <laughs> You know, well, if you shine a light this. down it, you see stuff. But it, to me, it's not as ugly as orange peel. Well, know? what gets me is uh, how many times they gonna come in after it's done and furniture's in there. Who's gonna shine a light light down the wall? You know, <sighs> if, if, it's just yeah, it's crazy. You're gonna have one or two walls, one or two walls that the that the side light's gonna hit, and that's it. You know, but. Uh, what a pleasure. What does the future hold for uh, Josh Martin uh, with uh, specifically with tape tech? How long does this ambassador thing go? Um, and, um, you know, wh where do you see yourself sort of in the future with this? Uh, well, we're really just getting started with them. Um, they're sending us some more tools and everything. So I, I stay in contact with them pretty regularly. I was uh I talked to him Monday, uh, talked to Rick Miller, big shout out to Rick Miller with trim techs down there. Uh, he, uh, talked to him for about two hours on the phone. And I talked to, uh, tape tech for about an hour on the phone. So why'd you talk to Rick, uh, with, uh, trim techs? Uh, up here it's predominantly metal B and I can't even get it in my area. It's not a rural area, but I'm about, 35 minutes from the nearest trim tech dealer and oh, okay. i was just trying to touch base with him and try to get something in this area and uh really good guy he got on the phone they, they, hey the product they, he got it to my supplier and um so we're just trying to get away from the metal beat we have issues yeah. with moisture and condensation in windows down here and it's just uh, did you i mean you heard uh joe joe and i talking about that specific that specifically like that's why they came up with the bead in the first place was the condensation rusting the metal on the uh on the windows well i did and uh it's something that we deal with we're right down here on the gulf coast you know i'm 45 minutes from the gulf you know so I mean, yeah we, we do 
it's it's moisture 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 yeah story of my life wait no mud to dry so wait no mud yeah it's, that's got to be a pain well that really does happen the transfer from the moisture from the window wicks oh, yeah. into the rock and then wicks over to the metal corner bead and cre creates issues with rust cracking and also i mean it's if if there's a product on the market that's better, uh, hey, I'm I'm game. Uh, well, I mean, those guys at Trimtex, they stand behind their stuff too. I mean, they are straight shooting dudes. Joe's a very cool guy, and they're all passionate about what they do. Um, very awesome talking with you, Josh. This was uh, this was great, right? We're bullshitting about drywall. <laughs> absolutely i mean it's always nice to sit down with a drawwall finish and talk shit you know yeah yeah um any any last uh anything you want to bestow upon the drywall community your pearl of wisdom let's hear it Ooh. uh i think we all need to come together and bring our prices up across the board i think that's that's a key thing with all the drywall finishers out there um and don't be scared to help another finisher if he don't know um teaching especially if he's not you know if, if he was the guy down the street and he's competing against you um you might have an issue with him but if he's somebody in three states away and he wants to know how you do something teach him i mean he's not gonna move down here and take your work from you he's up there doing his thing you know that's right i think we I, overall we just need to come together and raise our raise our prices a little bit for what we do we sh we all should get paid really good i mean it's it's a it's a skill it's an art i mean yeah just because you can buy the tools and go out and do it um you have to learn it in a way i guess um, yep yeah um yeah i was just talking to uh the marketing rep for uh canvas the robot the robot drywaller <laughs> oh, wow. I've, I've seen that a few times i'm, I'm yeah. curious to i'm curious about that uh, yeah me too uh, so uh hopefully uh he's going to be reaching out to me and uh, uh we'll get to have a conversation about this drywall finishing robot coming up um next week is going to be Giancarlo, a super professional plasterer out of uh miami florida Oh, okay. Awesome. Can't can't stay away from the Floridians, man. This is this will be the third one on the drywall podcast, but what are you gonna do? I hear the I've been debating moving down into the keys myself down there. Yeah. Live on the island and finish drywall. Yeah, no doubt. But I'm, I'm I'm excited about the robot thing. A lot of these finishers are all up in arms over it, but I mean I think it's more of a commercial thing, uh, commercial buildings, stuff like that, and not necessarily all residential. Uh, these guys is freaking out. I mean, I don't think it's going <laughs> to take – in our lifetime, I don't think it's going to get no. into the residential market is, and take a bunch of jobs away like these guys are freaking out, you know. Ah, you know. Well, and and also it's just they're so quick to, like, just cut it down. And it's like, well – you know, I mean, it was weird as somebody, somebody posted about the, uh, checkout at the grocery store, the self checkout. Remember when those came out and it was like, well, oh, yeah, know, I'm not going to go to that. You know, I'm going to, and now it's like, it's all self checkout. <laughs> well, you got all those guys that never seen a bazooka before and they, uh, they, it, it was foreign to them, you know, and now every guy out there owns a bazooka. So, I mean, it's, it's I, just part of change in this I industry. Mean, those Ames brothers, man, imagine like, imagine trying to convince this industry about this weird long tool. I mean, they probably caught so much flack for that. Yeah. But you know, they some rich men right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Josh Martin, uh, Martin's construction, drywall and painting. Like you guys do a lot of cool stuff over there. Um, ambassador for tape tech tools and a super cool guy. Next time I'm in Alabama, I'm going to have to look you up. Um, thanks for being on the drywall podcast today. Hey, thank you. I enjoyed it, man. All right, buddy. You have a fantastic day, and uh, we will be in touch. Any, any, anything you need to know about the fresco, you let me know. Okay. I will do. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. All right, bud. Talk soon. All right. Special thanks 
to Josh Martin for being with us on the Drywall Podcast today. You can catch the Drywall Podcast every Friday on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcast, and also YouTube, believe it or not. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Fresco Harmony is the world's first color line specifically developed for drywall joint compound. If you'd like more information about the Drywall Podcast, you can email me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. We are always available to answer questions and take phone calls. Thank you for joining the Drywall Podcast today. We certainly appreciate your time. And remember, keep drywalling.